Welcome to the 46th episode of News Dump, brought to you by Gobel Septic once again, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm Chronicle Associate Editor Aaron Vantile, joined as always by another editor in Eric Schwartz, and yet another editor today, a special three-editor party. Regional, regional editor Justina Tomtis is here, and the full brain trust is back in the podcast studio. It's Monday, May 10th, and Justina, how do you feel about appearing on your first podcast ever? Uh, I feel good. Ready for it. <laughs> she was uh, sharing with me in the green room. She's a little uh, nervous, you know, it's her first time on a big podcast, but uh, welcome back, Justina. Thank you. You should have never left in the first place. I know. You're probably right. Um, if you leave again, you'll probably fail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Justina was here as a reporter from what, 2014 to 2017? Yeah, that sounds right. And she uh, was universally beloved when we announced her return and uh, posted the story on Facebook. Literally every elected official um, in the entire area liked it. So Wow, she's, all uh, of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's uh, one of the best people that have worked here. Way better than you, Aaron. So, uh, Well, that's, that's fair. Shall we dive into the news? Let's do it. All right. Our first story. First story. We don't want this. Local officials voice opposition to quarantine site in Centralia. So the owner of the Lakeview Inn, which is the one right off exit 81 on Mellon Street, kind of behind where the old uh, King Solomon's restaurant was like 30 years ago. If you understand that reference, I'm sorry. It's been leased out in its entirety to Department of Health, I believe, for a quarantine site for COVID-infected people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Commissioner Sean Swope, not happy. Commissioner Lindsey Pollock uh, wants a little more info, but also does not want to send a not-in-my-backyard letter to the state. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is probably not going to mean a lot of people would use it, and also, like, you know, they're quarantined, so definition of which is not going anywhere. Right, right. So but problem- how would you feel, Aaron, if this thing popped up on the Wanch Prairie right next to your fine palatial estate? Yes, there is definitely no questionable people wandering <laughs> around the Wanch Prairie. Well, someone lives under a bridge, but that's beside the point. Through my field to get to the river or anything like that. But on the other hand as well, uh, the health department's uh, person that came and presented this to the commissioners last week apologize because they really just didn't let anyone know locally that it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it first popped up last week at a, or a week before at a Centralia City Council meeting, but even then the official had to be asked to come and present after the council got wind that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked uh, Centralia Mayor Sue Lund's comment in the story that's going to be in tomorrow's paper. She said simply, how rude. Yeah, that's very quaint. Sue Lund is becoming a sneaky, important uh, quote, as we will get to later. Mm-hmm. I, for one, am curious... Where are middle-class workers, you know, the true backbone of society, are now going to go for their illicit lunch hour affairs if the Lakeview Inn is off the table? <laughs> Would somebody please address this? Uh, that's defamatory, and I won't let that pass. I briefly lived there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you must have it's had a true so story. Many. It's a so- true story. Uh, it, was, it was a between-relationship situation. Uh, <laughs> I stayed there for a solid week, and, you know, five stars. I, I had a great time. Great. I wouldn't go to their Yelp page, like, if you're, if you're looking for a similar review, though. There's some... There's some erroneous claims on there. (laughs) Insects and such. Uh, All right. Justina, do you have any thoughts about the uh, Lakeview Inn? Nope. You guys covered that one. (laughs) 
the Lakeview Inn has been um, accused of some of the very same things that Pete Castor, our former Chronicle photographer's uh, living situation, uh, his, his apartment. Uh, Bed bugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Raunchy cat orgies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was that. <laughs> All right, well, this podcast is not sponsored by the Lakeview Inn. <laughs> No, it's a nice place. It's a great place, and their owner was very nice. Took the time to talk to Eric Rosane, our reporter, last week, and kind of give him the um, the down low on what was going on before the contract was even signed, which he could have easily just told Eric to just kick rocks and get out of here, but he didn't. I also kind of feel for the owner, like if the state comes in and says, hey, we want to rent out your entire hotel, and you're sitting there like, okay. Yeah, right. let me... figured, yeah, there's probably a good deal for them. I mean, I don't know the financials of it, but yeah. I'm sure that hotel's not full every night. And I'm sure the state, you know, knowing how they just throw around money, <clears throat> Mr. State Employee. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. <laughs> uh, is probably paying top dollar, I would assume. And it brings up right before this pandemic, back in January 2020, I stayed in a hotel in Tacoma. Don't ask. We were taking the kids to the zoo. They wanted to stay in a hotel, so we did. Mm. It was a staycation of sorts. You stayed the days in because you thought it was still next to uh, Hooters, no. but then it wasn't? No, 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 no. This is a family <laughs> trip, Aaron. <laughs> Anyways, right after we stayed there, it got shut down and turned into a, uh, a shelter for the homeless to protect them from COVID. Oh. Yeah. And uh, it was just a little, it was an odd sensation, you know, you're staying at this hotel one day and the next day it's a disaster shelter. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Good story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to draw some parallels between uh, I Am Legend, you know. Yes. But I won't. <laughs> All right. You could see where I was going, though. I couldn't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> county meeting canceled after Winlock mayor refuses to wear a mask. A lot of people talking about this. It's Including the Winlock item. mayor. Yes, we'll get to him in Facebook comments of the week. But for now, he walked into the meeting and started reading the state constitution when everyone else was wearing a mask. He said, it's going to take someone to stand up for our rights. So they canceled the meeting. This is the adult politician version of pooping in the pool so nobody else can use it. (laughs) Jeez. And I I, (laughs) I would also like to... Ask if he learned nothing from the ballot of Bobby Jackson last fall. Thoughts on Woodlock Mayor Brandon Svensson declining to wear a mask at a meeting when everyone else had business to do? I believe uh, our dear sweet Sue Lund also had comments in this. Uh, yeah, I think she did. I, my personal, I think it was a bit of theatrics. Um, oh. But I also think that he wanted it to be a big deal, and then it became a big deal because he wanted it to be. He's a politician, so he's probably getting what he wants out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the mask issue goes, I'm not as concerned with one person walking in not wearing a mask. I think they probably could have had the meeting um, once he piped down. Mm-hmm. Um, let he who is out sin throw the first stone. I did attend a chamber banquet just two weeks ago, and there wasn't a whole lot of masks going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think the exposure would have been a whole lot different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. I think columnist Michael Wagar kind of nailed it. It was, it was a bit childish. It was, and uh, here's Centralia Mayor Sue Lund saying, I just think that Gary Stamper had no option with everything that's going on, so we made the right call. I walked in and one minute and sat down, and the meeting was canceled. Which it sounded like Sue Lund had actual business she wanted to cover rather than yeah know, she wanted to talk about posturing. the streetscape project yeah that's important we would have had a story on it people would have been more informed instead they're reading about how the Winlock mayor didn't wear a mask you can zoom into this meeting you know it's, it's yeah not it's not like he was out of there, options but you know 
he wanted to make a point. He has made his point, and no minds were changed anywhere. <laughs> On we marched through this godforsaken pandemic. <laughs> I thought uh, Commissioner Lindsay Pollock had a nice reason take. She actually had this, um, well, a longer statement, but released it through the county, which is somewhat rare. Um, she said, we understand the desire to be rid of masks. We don't like them either. That said, we have a basic human decency to provide as a safe as as safe a workspace as we can for the folks that support our office. This sense of caring for our fellow person is outside of anything the governor or his labor and industry department decrees. So that was yeah. a nuanced take. She is very good at having nuanced takes. Yeah, I mean, she's a, I mean, she's a health professional as well. She's a vet, mm-hmm. so she's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have a doctor on the board. It is. I think we could take this opportunity to ask Justina um, about her time. She comes here from the uh, Lewiston Tribune in Idaho, just across the border from Washington. And I'm told that there, 100% of people are wearing masks. Is that true? 100% in all of Idaho. Yes, <laughs> they, they really love masks. They don't have a very independent streak there, do they? No. No. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no one listens there? Is that accurate? <laughs> um. They listen. No one from Lewiston is going to hear this podcast, Justina, so you can... Still have to be careful here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to make enemies anywhere. All right. right. It's not going to work. Let's move along. (laughs) All right. Our next item is Kiwanis to pay $6 million to former Centralia Boys Home residents. This is over on the watch. The Boys Home obviously has not been operating there for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But so far, more than 60 individuals have come forward, many with stories of violence and rape they endured in their adolescence at the boys' home. From 1979 to 1994, Kiwanis Vocational Home housed boys 10 to 17 years old who were separated from their families, becoming wards of the state. And so is this boys' home for, like, was it more for kids without a family or for kids whose families sent them here? I think it could be either or. Okay. I think it was like a, a lot of dis- different situations where you end up there. Maybe you get in trouble with the law and you get sentenced to go there. Um, you know, almost like a <laughs> a Jerry Springer boot camp, if you will. Um, but the the stuff that went on there, according to everything we can find, is absolutely vile. And you find names of what many would call the good old boys club, like mm-hmm. sprinkled throughout the reporting, which uh, we have to give credit where credit's due. Former editor Natalie Johnson um, busted this story wide open. Um, after she did, we had victims coming like routinely to say this also happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them didn't want their names in there. Sometimes they did. Um, and I don't know which ones ended up getting the, the deal here. But the most damning thing was was something like over 60 reports to the Lewis County Sheriff's Office of um, violence or sexual abuse there that it appears by all like reports just kind of went into the wind and no one did anything about it Mm -hmm. and then they once like they were you know all out of room to run they just shut the place down and hoped it would just go away which it did for 20 years 30 years yeah and that area has certainly it's it's interesting looking now it's kind of it looks like an abandoned junkyard but there's no junk cars just it's like they just Stuff. like wiped it clean and yeah. were like let's just uh let's just head on back to town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't think we need to discuss that any further. Fine. At, well, unless you would rather talk about that than Lewis County officially dropping its drug ordinance. Drugs are back. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Justina just whipped out her crack pipe. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Lewis County formally dropped its proposed drug ordinance this week, and county officials say they're cautiously optimistic about the legislature's new approach to drug possession. Drug possession is going to be a misdemeanor and requires drug diversion until the third offense. So, you know, two strikes are still in the ballgame. Yeah. No, I think it's a, I mean, just my personal thought, it sounds like an improvement to me. Um, not everybody can get into drug court. That's one thing that mm-hmm. kind of gets overstated. It's like, well, we have drug court. And it's like, eh, only a small percentage of people actually get into that. The rest of them get thrown into jail and have fines and everything else. And um, so I, I kind of like the idea of there being a little wiggle room on something that is uh, categorized as an illness for many. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you see this as a major win for Lewis County? Uh, <laughs> for shaking its fist at the legislature and saying, you better do something or else we're going to do something. You have to think that it, it, they weren't the, I think they were the first one to roll out their own local ordinance, but mm-hmm. they weren't the only one. I know over eastern Washington, there was at least one county that was doing it. There's a few cities that were drawing it up as well. So I think combined, faced with the prospect that if they don't do something in the legislature, it's just going to be like the wild, wild west in terms of where it's a crime and where it's not. Yeah. That's a, that's a little pressure, you know? Yeah, a little bit. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of a win. Snaza had a nice quote at the end where he said, I want to make this very clear, is that I hope the intention is not to enable drug use. That's my main concern. So I'm going to take this cautiously, and I'm going to be open-minded about this, but we still have to understand that we cannot be enablers. Good. Yeah, I agree. We'll see how it goes. It seems like it's got a little bit of carrot, a little bit of stick, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's original. I came up with that. (laughs) The man with the carrots and the sticks, <laughs> Eric Schwartz. Meanwhile, in Tenino, Blippi's back. Oh, boy. <laughs> can, can one of you explain what Blippi is? Go ahead, Justina. Uh, <laughs> not a great question to be put on the spot with, but he is a YouTube personality that caters to children, um, and he teaches about nature and history and all sorts of things, and he's incredibly popular. I think um, over the lifetime, he, he's gotten billions of views on his YouTube channel, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that's good. And he's got, uh, let's see, this is a story by Eric, story by Eric Rosane, 9.5 billion views and about 12.5 million subscribers, which tells you how many t- times they are re-listening to all of these. And He must have a lot of episodes, too. I'm going to admit something here that I'm not proud of, and I hope Bauer, my dear son, is not listening to the podcast an opportunity to go out there and meet Blippi once, and Bauer had just recently stopped being, like, obsessed with Blippi, mm-hmm. I mean, like, three or four months, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to re-spark the love, because it's a show for kids, not for adults. It's, uh, <laughs> it can be kind of maddening for adults. I mean, there's a grown man here hopping around, dressed in blue and orange, and talking really high-pitched, uh-huh. so I did not provide my son that opportunity <laughs> to go meet Blippi. I'm not a proud man. Well... <clears throat> Yeah, Mayor Wayne Fournier said the quirky character and his crew stopped by the Stone City Tuesday through Saturday and were filming pitches he had given them after their first trip to the area last August. Blippi stopped by a pottery shop, a welder, a go-kart track, a construction site, and the Airlift Northwest program at the Olympia Regional Airport. He was also at the high school. A few teachers were doing some kind of stuff with Blippi on film. My question, where do you think Blippi should visit in Lewis County? Ooh, that's excellent. You've got to be, you got to put the yard bird on there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Justina, any sites you should see over in Chehalis? Jerry Store, maybe, or? Yes, M&K <laughs> Store. 
go visit Jerry. Go get your greyhounds. Give him a give him a tour of the uh, the booze section. One of the finest in the county. I don't know where I'd take him other than uh, what I've already said, but I know that I definitely have a trailer behind me with Blippi in the front seat, and on that trailer would be a Gobel Septic um, system. Exactly. <laughs> Just in case he needs to relieve himself, because if I'm bringing a celebrity on a tour, he's going to be using a Gobel product. He is going to be only, only. Restrooming in the finest portable mm-hmm. restroom mm-hmm. Uh, facilities. Yes, uh, Mayor Fournier suggested he needs to come back yet again. Um, and you know, like, come on, like how much stuff is there in Tenai? Well, he hasn't been to Wolfhaven. You don't think that would be cool? Huh? Oh yeah, throw him in there with the wolves. Cynical sob. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> and then he wanted the South Sound Speedway as well. He said, "I really want to get Blippy in a race car." With a wolf. Yeah, with a wolf. Where would you take uh, Blippy if you were giving him a tour? Oh, of just county? a few feet from where we sit now. I'd show him the site of the 1919 Citroen Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> a little history for those children. Come on, kids. You like yeah. violence? <laughs> How do you feel about Wobblies? Uh, George Washington. That might be a good uh, the monument there, the statue. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd you could be take him up one. to the Seminary Hill Nature Area. Yeah, yeah. We probably right. If you're in the right spot at the right time, it's very family <laughs> friendly. Some interesting stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's places for Blippi. <laughs> Look guys, we got to talk about something pretty important here though. As, as Schwartz knows, I like to run a little bit, you know, I don't like to brag about it, but you know, I like to take a, take a morning jog pretty much every day. Sometimes when I get a few miles from home, I need to, you know, I need to take a leak or God forbid, take the real world equivalent of a news dump. <laughs> So on my runs, I'm always keeping an eye out for, you know, stray Santa cans, honey buckets, Porta Johns, whatever I can find. And I'm not going to lie, I've wound up in some pretty dicey situations. But when you're on the run and you got to go, I can tell you firsthand, there's nothing better than stepping into a Gobel sanitation station. You know you're in good hands when you're in a Gobel can. But that's not all the fine folks at Gobel Septic do. I mean, let me ask you guys, who among us has not clogged up a toilet to just an embarrassing degree? Rosane? No comment. Schwartz? <laughs> no comment. Uh, nothing. Wow. The, the sh- I thought we were in the trust tree here, but, you know. Or yeah, who has not overfilled a septic tank? Gobel provides septic pumping, cleaning, and inspection services, whether it's emergency work or routine care. You guys can plan these things out. You know when you're going to clog that toilet. And they cover both commercial and residential plumbing issues. They're locally owned, and they provide service to Lewis, Thurston, Mason, Cowlitz, and Grays Harbor counties. Gobel Septic. It's right there on the sign. They're number one and number two. You want to learn more about these fine folks, visit gobelseptic.com, call them up, 736-2167. Shall we move to Tales from the Takes page? Yes, let's do it. First up, we have our dear sweet prince, Michael Wager. King of the column page, some would say. Mm. He definitely was last year with Mitke on uh, his annual leave. Mm-hmm. Michael's column, Welcome Back, Pekroski, and Two Clowns Should Grow Up. Michael writes that, uh, uh, that uh, former Lewis County Sheriff John McCroskey has returned to the opinion page as well. His first column ran recently. Michael writes that while he may disagree with John McCroskey's column sometimes, they're still cool. They're buddies. He also explains that Winlock Mayor Brandon Svensson and Shehalian Joe Mount need to grow up. Uh, Joe Mount was the 
uh, fellow with area local local roots who led a crew of people through the Grand Canyon, I believe, uh, on a hiking trip. There was a lot of them, and they were told beforehand not to do that, and they did it anyway, and they got in some trouble. Yeah, I don't know. On that one, I have a really hard time carrying it all as far as the, the Grand Canyon bit. You got 150 people, you're outdoors. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't really. It's it's more the somebody specifically said, don't do this. And they're like, we're going to do it anyway. But and then they're like, I, you're in trouble. Is like, that oh. worthy a story by the Washington Post? <laughs> like, it just, Probably not. It, just, it seemed weird. And he said they spread out. I don't know this guy or, you know, I'm not defending him for any other reason other than hiking Mount, you know hiking into uh, the Grand Canyon uh, with 150 people outdoors does not seem all that risky to me. No, it's not. I mean, we in Washington have been given the, the green light to go outside if you're vaccinated. and He was doing do what Ainsley told him to do. He was. Take it outside. Ainsley specifically <laughs> said, take a large group of people to the Grand Canyon. Can we talk about how aggressive Inslee's new slogan is? Take it Get outside. outside. <laughs> like, yeah, I like it. Like he just wants to say that to all his detractors. He's gonna like <laughs> shout it at the out at the protesters. Good job, guys. Take it outside. <laughs> Telling your 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 buddy Walsh to take it outside. So uh, yeah, is Michael correct? Do these uh, fellas need to grow up? Go ahead, Justine. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> Stunned silence. <laughs> silence. All right, moving on. We already talked about the first one, so there's no need to talk there. I did want to point out how he did welcome McCroskey back, but he did also say, then I read his piece, and well, maybe it is one of those be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, all right. So Brian Mickey's back, and he spent his vacation just saving it up. And Mickey's column is Rest in Peace Tree. It leads with last Saturday at 7 a.m. A frail tree fell on a long-gone homestead near Tumwater. This quiet collapse would have gone unheeded, but this was a famous tree that had many good friends looking after it. And so while it may be strange, perhaps, to write an obituary for a tree... Is that your Mickey voice? (laughs) In this case, I think it's worth taking a moment to mark the passing of a piece of our shared heritage. Um, I applaud Mitke for not making a a tree fell in a forest and everyone heard it <laughs> joke in there. Yeah, no, he's better than that. Yeah, and I like his, he was a great tree, but he was an even better person type of remembrance for, for this particular tree. I just really like enjoy the fact, so this was brought over uh, by black pioneer George Bush, who came west from Missouri and brought the butternut with him. He planted it in 1845 at his homestead near present-day Tumwater. It is kind of cool to think that this guy packed this tree along with him, um, planted it, and we have a columnist here in the year 2021 who is writing about how it fell over. Yeah. It also makes you wonder if uh, George Bush knew where he was going when he packed that tree to leave. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we do have trees here. It's what I'm getting at. <laughs> it was it was a fine column. He, he also welcomed back the sheriff at the end of his column. So he did. There was a lot of, uh, it was, I don't know, it was trending on the opinion page this week, McCroskey's return. People are happy to see him back. Do we some, wanna, some are happy. Some, yes. <laughs> do we want to talk about McCroskey's first column? Let's do it, yeah. So he lists off a list of things he doesn't like that have happened since his last column, which, how long ago was his last column? Uh, he stopped in 2019. He didn't really give any reason. At least, I, he never told me any reason. Just said he's going to step away from, for a while. 
All right. Uh, those things include defunding the police, boys identifying as girls, abortions for girls under the age of 18, riots, and the southern border being wide open despite COVID. Those are some things McCroskey doesn't like. Also COVID. He doesn't like that either. He does not like COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you could see by the response on Facebook, he is a very engaging columnist. We'll put it that way. He mm-hmm. elicits very strong feelings one way or the other. Um, I would say the majority in this county love him. They loved him back when he was an elected official. Like Michael pointed out, he was by far the most popular local official. Um, yeah, the sheriff traditionally is. He, you're right. Yep, today it's Rob Snaza. Um, he's the guy behind the jail who built the jail, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I recall reading about uh, chain gangs where he was taking the inmates out and having them do work. Mm-hmm. And that stuff plays well for a majority here in Lewis County, but for others it does not. I talked to... Um, a couple of subscribers who are no longer subscribers, um, they thought it was, both of them used the same word, they thought it was hateful, um, and they did not enjoy it. So it's uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, um, I'm happy to have John McCroskey back. I think he's representative of the county, and he's got some hot takes. Yeah, I. the one thing I would have liked to see, this is purely from an editor standpoint, uh, pick one of your five, five, six, seven bullet points there and go a little further in depth on it. I think he will, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, he took a while. He wanted to write about COVID nineteen and just how the you know the advice keeps changing. And um, I think for most, that's I mean, the, the advice has changed for reasons along the way. I think that's the way I feel about it. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, there's a ton of frustration out there. You know who's probably a good fan, big fan of McCroskey, probably Mayor Finson. Yeah, boy, I don't know. You think? (laughs) I'm kind of hoping he writes about that next week because he does tend to pluck news. Um, His columns aren't always that way, but he'll pull something out of the Chronicle and then just write a whole column about it. Yeah. So uh, we we shall see. Is he is he booked for next week still? Uh, Yeah, he's. uh, Well, he said he wants to start at like three columns a week. and go for three, or three, three a, a month. Yeah, excuse me. That would be a bit much for any columnist. One an episode. <laughs> three a month. Um, I'd like to get him up to once a week eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, that's where we're at. All right. Do we have a People's Champion of the Week? Uh, I don't have one off the top of my head. Justina, anybody that's really impressed you lately? Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jerry Lord. <laughs> Jerry Lord hooked you up with your. Uh, with your, your chosen adult beverage, is that right? It is. I couldn't find them anywhere, so I messaged Jerry, and that day he brought them to his store. R&R whiskey, huh? <laughs> Not a whiskey fan. What was the drink? We well, I can't, I can't tell you, because everyone will go buy my drinks up then. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah Jerry would hate it if people came we'll to the store to buy products. We'll upsell it. No, they're uh, Greyhounds, bottled or canned Greyhounds. Yeah. Idaho brew. Mm-hmm. They are delicious. And what is in a Greyhound? It's grapefruit juice and vodka. And vodka, yeah. Oh, nah, yeah. Name a better duo. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Sirens banger of the week. It was a little light this week, but I liked the Sirens entry of a male subject in the 10 block of Shayless Avenue was reportedly trying to invite people to a fist fight by jumping out into moving traffic and asking if they wanted to fight at 11 p.m. on May 6th. Yeah, I read that, and I immediately thought of, uh, 
I don't know. I was going to say the late. I don't think it is the late. Uh, Street Fighter Steve. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. I do remember Street Fighter Steve. He used to run around Centralia with uh, UFC or like uh, MMA gloves on and Mm -hmm. just challenging people. Not to like a mean fight. He wouldn't fight you if you didn't want it. But if you accepted the fight, (laughs) he would fight. (laughs) And I saw that guy get beat up more times than I would like to see. It was never good for Street Fighter Steve. (laughs) You'd think he'd be better at it. You'd think he would. I haven't seen him in a very, very long time, though. He'd just be doing push-ups out in front of the the hub and the tower. Real Centralia character. <laughs> uh, shall we move on to Facebook comments of the week? I suppose. So, as you can imagine, the Winlock mayor without a mask was a highly commented topic every time it was posted. I only posted it twice. One comment. So what's your end game here, peeps of the Chronicle, since you posted this not once but twice? Support or shade against one or more individuals involved? Who's the bigger vagina here? Jeez. <laughs> Spencer for standing up to Inslee at a county meeting that I should notice that Inslee was not at. That only inconveniences those that attended and had business. Or Stamper for calling the meeting because one individual thought his actions were more important. Sure hope you have a better plan for next month. And in response to that, Svensson posted a graphic with the first part of the Constitution and an advertisement for Mask Independence Day on the 4th of July, where patriots will stand shoulder-to-shoulder maskless. Yeah. So be ready for Mask Independence Day coming July 4th. I'm a, Even aside from like you know the issue, that doesn't really sound like all that fun. Like We were going through the festivals last week, and I really just want to stand there side-by-side side with a bunch of people with no masks on. I don't Is that going to be Egg Day? I don't know. I don't know. And on the story of the two young Centralia men who assaulted someone who told them to slow down, somebody wrote, deport the bastards, and the reply to that comment was, calm down, you're literally on your last breath. Which I assume was somebody that knows them. Which kind of makes uh, sense. They probably stalked their page. <laughs> to the point on how many, like I posted the thing twice, it really surprises me when people notice when I post something twice, because I'll, I'll post it once as just a link on Facebook, and then again mm-hmm. as just the photos. Just occasionally I do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the reach. We have 26,000 followers on Facebook, and usually the post only reaches like 6,000. So I always assume I'm going to hit a new crowd the second time. So Not always. To go through the effort of calling us out on that, like because you must be really keyed in. You're like click, really interacting with all our stuff. They what? probably have a top fan badge, don't they? Probably. Um, one question I have about Facebook. What do you think the percentages of people actually commenting on content in the story versus commenting on somebody else's stupid comment? Mm, it's probably like 50. Well, you also have to throw in people that aren't commenting on either. Like they see the story or the or the headline or the photo there's a whole crowd of people that will jump on and comment anytime they see a mask like yeah. so if it's a baseball game or anything like that you're gonna get some you're gonna get some some gifts uh, what some a- memes <laughs> <laughs> some declarations some, of independence from masks. declarations <laughs> next time by the way that you guys are talking about something i don't want to talk about on this podcast i'm going to start reading the state constitution until you call the podcast. Why don't you just start reading like the Chronicle's mission and vision statement or something? It's, it's not all that long. It's only a few sentences. You think you could filibuster our takes? <laughs> and one last comment on the Mariners having vaccination-only sections at T-Mobile Park. Somebody wrote, sorry, not going to spend five minutes watching a propaganda sports team. Cancel culture. It's just like a word salad of things he doesn't like, I guess. Sure. I mean, nobody's... I, I, you don't have to go. You don't have to go watch the Mariners. Nobody is demanding you watch them. You took more time writing this comment than anything else. Congratulations. I feel like you missed one Sirens Banger of the Week, and I was trying to look it up here, and I haven't had any luck just yet. Um, 
filibuster for me for just a moment. Was it one of our local murders? No, no, no. Oh, here we go. Morton woman pleads not guilty on oh. accusations of clogging oh, oh, na- yes. neighbor's sewer line in attempted extortion. <laughs> in attempted ad crossover. Mm-hmm. Mm, Gobel septic. <laughs> Would have been the right call there. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have been extor- extorted if you had been working with Gobel Septic. They would have come on out, and they would unplug that thing, and you would have been good to go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> God, we've really gone corporate, and it's tearing this podcast apart. Uh, Morton Woman has pleaded not guilty to first-degree extortion and second-degree malicious mischief charges filed after she and her husband allegedly clogged a neighbor's sewer line in July t- 2020 and attempted to force the neighbor to pay them for use of the line. Like, you know, that's some that's some Sopranos stuff right there. Yeah, so they... Also makes me think there's, like, a lot more to the story. Uh, I'm sure there is. But also, they clogged the sewer line, and their thinking was the neighbor would have to use their bathroom? I don't know. I don't know. I think the sewer line went under their property or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they used their access in order to block it off, because I guess their thinking was if the sewer line goes underneath our property, we should be getting paid something. Well, either way, like, you're blocking your own sewer like line, Like you're poo too. trafficking right beneath my property? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, either way, either you're blocking your own toilet or the neighbor's going to have to come use your toilet. There Neither was, of those things sound great for somebody you don't like. There was, yeah, there's a lot of st- weird stuff. I mean, the, and the woman that's charged is 85 years old, and her husband has since died, which... It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they're still going after this thing, they being the prosecutor's office, tells you that they take it very seriously. First-degree extortion is not a charge we see very often. So No, it's not. What's, uh, what's the penalty for first-degree extortion? Um, I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm sure it's well, in the story here. But... All the extorting you do, I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> Never extort. Uh, do you have anything coming up on uh, tomorrow's newspaper you'd like to talk about? No, we just figured we're not going to have a have newspaper a tomorrow. Just going to... Just going to punt? Just no, going to let the podcast of, carry the weight yet again? A lot, a lot of what we uh, talked about on the podcast today is what will be in the paper tomorrow, but we do have some additional. Chehala School District is considering the sale of two of its buildings, mm. um, one of them being R.E. Bennett, the other one Cascade. being Cascade, since those are no longer needed, I'm told. Um, I don't have anything confirmed on the record, but that when the news comes out, it's going to be pretty exciting as far as who that buyer is, assuming that the sale goes through. So is it you? Uh, no, it is not me. Mm. Um, we got State Trooper Justin Schaefer. Um, the late Justin Schaefer is among eight officers who will be honored in Washington, D.C. and added to the Law Enforcement Memorial this week. Good. Um, and then just a lot of sports news in there as well. WF West baseball and the softball won district championships. They did. They did. The softball team beat Rochester and the baseball team beat Tumwater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost like you laid out those pages. I had a little something to do with them. Sure. But yeah, other than that, you're going to have to pick up the paper. A lot of good photos in there from Jared. He worked hard this weekend. Uh, Jared did do a lot of good work. Uh, Eric Trent did some nice stuff, too. And what, what, going back to the Shayla schools, what are they, what's, what's the plan? Do we know anything? No, I mean, we, this, is a very, this is what we call the foundational story. You oh, know, we, we heard something was up, so we called and we were like, hey, Shayla School District, what's up? And, and they told like, us a little nothing. bit. But it's a real estate situation, so you know, they're not going to announce it until it's a done deal. Um, I thought it was nice of them. Just to confirm that there is something in discussion, because mm. it would have been totally um, okay by all standards for them to have just told us to wait like everybody else. Kick rocks. Yeah. Kick what rocks. Do you, what do you hope goes in there? Uh, Bowling alley? Well, I mean, there's two different Olive buildings Garden? there. So 
I don't know. I always thought Ari Bennett could be some like. I mean, there's a there's a stage in there, right? That's where they traditionally hold the Miss Lewis County pageants. Yeah, they like got that. a they got a stage in there. They got a old school basketball court gym. Uh, they got a lot of classrooms. You could build like apartments there. You yeah. Could build a boarding school. Who a boarding Ooh, school? Yeah, you could send uh, young Bauer and and girl Bauer to boarding school. <laughs> I don't know. Chehalis is all about improvement. Maybe they would launch their own competing community college to Centralia. Chehalis Community College. Year-round space camp. (laughs) You never know. I mean, (laughs) sky is the limit in Chehalis. Yes, it is. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we sign off? I wanted to say that (laughs) I'm so happy. Justina has been here for over a month now, and my life has gotten a lot easier. She is managing the uh, reflector down in Battleground and the Squally Valley News in Yelm, and also helping out here on the days where she's in town, and uh, just thrilled to have her. She does a whole lot more than, you know, our associate editor. (laughs) I'm going to cut that part. (laughs) Thank you. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can click the link on cronline.com. If you go to Apple, you can also leave us a review. If that's your thing, uh, you know, say whatever you want about us. It's fine. Thank you. (laughs) 